0: Welcome to the Inspire Church podcast. We hope this message will equip and empower you to reach your God-given potential. Inspire Church is all about loving God, loving people, and inspiring our world. Visit inspirechurch.com.au for more information. There's nothing better than raising up leaders in the church. Church is supernatural. You know that? Church isn't natural, it's supernatural. The Bible says that you're planted in here, you grow up and flourish and you become what you never even imagined. And, you know, if you're a parent in the room, one of the things about parenting that's so much fun is watching your kids grow up and surprise you, right? They continually surprise you. It's like, wow, I didn't know that you could do that. You know, there's so many things inside of us that that we don't even know, but God knows, And when you get planted in the church, it's amazing what comes out of us. Uh, You know, I I love church. People ask me many times, why did you leave dentistry to, to plant a church? 31 years ago, I was a dentist. You know, dentists make pretty good money. It's a pretty solid, secure background. You don't go through all those years of university to become a dentist just to leave it and go and plant a church, which you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing, really. But, but really, I'm just following. Jesus said, follow me. So why did you do that anyway? And it's because church is the best. Really, that is the answer. People say, why did you leave dentistry to plant a church? And it comes down to this. One day, I was in a tug of war between my pastor, Casey Treat at the time, and one of the business guys on the other side, and there were this tug-of-war you know, going on. Casey said, we need a great church in the Vancouver area. And the business guy said, no, John, stay a Dentist. You can travel the world and be an evangelist. Think how much money you can make and you know support the kingdom. And I really didn't know what to do until this guy, the business guy, said, listen, I can settle it, John. Here's, here's the bottom line. You can, and this is true for every one of us in the room, you can do anything you want with your life. Life. Just answer this. What's the best? I didn't have to think. It's church. I just knew it was church. I, 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 immediately, instantly, I made the decision. That's it. I'm going to plant a church. I didn't. I'm, I'd never heard of planting churches. <laughs> right now, we're leading a, a ministry in Canada called ARC, which is all about planting churches. And we're planting churches all the time. But 31 years ago, I started... In Canada, by the way, it's um, it's a big day for us in Canada. July first, it is our 150th anniversary as a nation. So all across our nation, they are celebrating. Oh, Canada! I love that. I love it that we get to be cousins. Love your pastors. They're they're really real. <laughs> they're they're really real. Do you get that? They're really real. (laughs) And that's not that common, you know, in a world today where everybody's trying to be what everybody wants them to be. It's not that common to find people that just, I'm just going to be who God's called me to be and make a difference in this world. And I believe for every single one of you. But today, I would like to just answer the question, why? Why do you do what you do? Why did you leave dentistry? Why did you plant a church? Why do you travel the world and speak on relationships? How did you get to do that? People ask me that all the time. And really, it's going to go back to the message I have today, which I cannot emphasize it enough. I just can't, cannot tell you how important this message is. It's the most important thing uh, that shaped my life the way it is today. But it's the most important thing that will shape tomorrow it's the most important thing I can tell you. If you, if, if you, if you let me take and, and put in a needle what you, everyone needs and just give you, this would be the message. I, just, I, I would give everyone in the room this message, and it's the most important thing I have to say. And it goes back to why I did and how did I make that decision years ago. And I've got to tell you the story. Um, we're both... Helen and I raised in Vancouver. Um, We met in high school. The reason we met was uh, I, I used to have a real problem stuttering. I never talked. I was afraid of stuttering. I was afraid because when I did talk, I stuttered and people made fun of me and I was rejected and it hurt. And so everything I did, listen, really everything I did was as a result of stuttering, as a result of fear fear drove my life i went that way because i was afraid of that way now there's many in the room you can relate with me it may not be stuttering but it's amazing how fear will drive your life and so uh, we met in high school because someone said there's a girl that likes you and you should go out with her but if you do don't mention god (laughs) because she's a christian and she'll talk your ear off. Well, I didn't know what a Christian was. I didn't know if I was a Christian. I went to church all, every, every Sunday of my life. But I didn't know, was I a Christian? But something went click. And I found her. And I convinced her. I actually talked to her. I convinced her to skip out of school with me for the afternoon. And, and the first thing I asked her was, why am I not supposed to mention God? And she talked my ear off. And I fell in love. I think with what was inside of her, she was like a a light bulb. She just, when when she talked, it was all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She was so in love with Jesus. I, I just needed to be around her all the time. And we got married, went to university. And four years after marriage, I graduated as a dentist and our marriage was ice. Our marriage was cold. Our marriage was painful. Why? Well, because I didn't talk. Because... I talked when I first met her, and I talked when we were dating because I was on a on a journey. I was on I was on a quest. I wanted to win this girl. Once I won her and I got the ring on her finger, I moved on to other goals, and and I went back to the same old, same old, and I didn't talk, and and it was so painful to her. And if you've been in relationship, relationships are the greatest joy in life, and they're the greatest pain in life, really. And a relationship where there isn't communication is actually dead. It's dying. It's poisonous. It's painful. And we didn't have that. And so, four years after we were married, I graduated from university and I moved up about 500 kilometers north of Vancouver to start this new dental practice, build a big, a big house, da da da, big, big, big. And Helen stayed home and she wasn't coming up. She wasn't moving. And it's because it was too painful the way that our marriage was it was too painful it wasn't that there was any abuse or there was any you know infidelity it was just cold and this is where it all starts i'm 500 kilometers away and she's one night tucking our two little girls in a bad big pregnant belly with the third daughter of ours and she looks at her at her belly and she thinks this is not the way it's supposed to be God, this isn't this is, this is the way I wanted it to, you know, my life to be. She gets into, into her bedroom, falls on her knees, opens the Bible, which she hadn't opened for a long time. Why? Because we didn't go to church. Why? Well, because me. I didn't want to go to church. Because when you get to church, people might ask you your name, and I would stutter. So I would stay away from people. It's amazing. Church. My life is all about church. The devil successfully kept us away from church. Why? Because of a fear, a stuttering. It's amazing how often what you are running from is what God actually wants to use in your life. And the devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he actually wants to, to kill, steal, and destroy your future, your ministry. And he'll keep you away from it. And, and so we didn't go to church. And because of that, she hadn't opened her Bible. But that night, she f- fell on her knees, opened the Bible, and it opened to Jude, verse 24, which says, Now unto him who's able to present you, Helen... Faultless and glorious. Me, me? Me? She felt like she was such a failure. Failure as a wife. Failure as a mother. Failure as a Christian. Me? Before you with exceedingly great joy. Whoa! And, and like her life just opened up. She started to read the Bible brand new. It was like God began to open her eyes to see what he sees. See, that's, that's the key. God began to show her what he sees in her because when she looked in the mirror she saw failure but when she looked in God's words she saw he wasn't mad at me he wasn't, he wasn't disgusted with me God he loved me and he began to see what God sees and her life began to change and I'll never forget because I'm 500 kilometers away completely innocent to what's going on in her life and she calls me up and I'm, I'm, and I'm wondering who is this she sounds good. She sounds nice. She's she saying nice things, and, 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 and it was, her life began to change, which began to change mine. And then, and then she has this revelation, which I think is such a key for every one of our relationships. She has this revelation where one day she says, God, hold it. hold. It. I, you know, I, I know you love me, and I believe you love John too. Could you show me why? Because looking at me, there wasn't anything lovable. But obviously, God looked different at me. And she began to search this to find her husband. She began to search the Bible to find what does God see. And you know, this is the word of God. Words are paintbrushes. Words paint pictures. And if you let this, it'll paint a picture of your children it'll paint a picture of your spouse it'll paint a picture of you and if you begin to fall in love with what god sees you begin to be used by god to change what everyone else sees it starts with this this is the beginning and this is the this is the message i i need to tell you that is the most important thing i can possibly tell you in life has anyone seen there's a movie called the war room anybody seen that if you haven't, I would really encourage it. Priscilla Shire is the main actress, a good friend of Helen's, but she, she's actually not acting. She's just preaching. It's, it's, it's the most preaching movie. But in the movie, we, we watched it, and we thought, that's our story. Because in the movie, you've got this, this wife that is praying for her, her husband that is, is far from God, and, and she doesn't know how to pray. And for, for a while, she's praying prayers like, God, you just help my husband. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a, he's a mess. He's, you know, my, the, all the negative stuff. Stop praying like that. Instead, what this, this woman taught her how to do was go to the Bible. Find your husband in the Bible. Take every verse you can find. And, and Helen actually has a Bible. We still have it. It's a red Bible she had, New International Version. And throughout the Bible, almost every page, there's verses that are circled. And a line out to the margin and John written in the margin. And then she would take that verse and she would begin to thank God for what God said about me in that verse. And in the war room, this, this, this little lady teaches her to take the, the word of God and write it on little stickies. And she's got her, her, her war room, which is the closet, and she's got stickies all over the closet. And she's praying the word of God. That's the key. That's the key. You need to find your family. Find your relationships in the word of God. I, 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 when we speak in relationships all the time and I could teach you stuff about what males feel like, what, what females think, what, what communication is all about. Oh, just so kind all kinds of things we can teach, but nothing more important than find the person that you are building a life with. Find that person in the Bible and then begin to pray what the Bible says. See first John chapter five, verse 14, 15 says this. It's the confidence. Okay. You want confidence when you pray? This is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, what's his will? His word. God can't say one thing and think another thing. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he says, he, he believes. What, what, he, what, he, what he is is what he says. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. All things were created by the word. Nothing was created that wasn't created by the word. The word became the light of the world. And the word is our light. So, so she, she took the word of God and began to pray that word. The Bible says this is the confidence. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know we have what we've asked of the Lord. So important. Jeremiah 1.12 says, the Holy Spirit watches over his word to fulfill it. He doesn't watch over our tears he doesn't watch over our, our pain. You know, God, God cares about us in every situation, but he watches over his word. Find in the word of God your children. You got a, a person that right now you're praying for? To stop looking at what you see in the natural. Start looking for what God sees. Start asking God, what do you see? Start finding out what's God's will. And you begin to pray differently. She began to pray in a prayer,s like the righteous man leads a blameless life, blessed are his children after him. Thank you, God, for John. He leads a blameless life, and his children, Angela, Danica, and Ashley are blessed after him. Thank you, God. He who pursues righteousness and, and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Thank you for, for John. God, thank you. He pursues righteousness and life, and he's going to be blessed, prosperous. All those things. Take the word of God and begin to make it your prayer. Now, so many people today, they don't even have a Bible, a paper one. They use this. They use this. Do you know when I open this up what it says? That first word right there before something else came on (laughs) said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And it goes on and on. It is my confession. It is what the Word of God says. The Word of God, left in here, does nothing. The Word of God, the Bible says, is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between the soul and the spirit, the thoughts and intents of the heart. Left in here, it does nothing. But put in here, until it can't help but come out of here. And we change the world. Thank you for listening to part one of this message.